gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast. I'm your host G2. This is episode 103, which is entitled Outrage Season. Now, before I get into the topics today, I want to give you guys the National Food Days of the Week. Today being December 4th, it is Cookie Day. Tomorrow, December 5th, it is Comfort Food Day. December 6th, Gazpacho Day. December 7th, Cotton Candy Day. December 8th, Brownie Day. December 9th, Pastry Day. And to finish off, December 10th, Lager Day. So please drink responsibly on December 10th. Now, the first topic I want to talk about today is something that happened last week, but it got media coverage this week. And it's talking about the killings that happened over in California. If you don't know, um, I'm just basically going to give you a quick brief as it's come from ABC News. As it reads, the catfish murders, uh, please know your children's online activity, grieving family, please. A grieving family is pleading with parents to monitor their children's online activity after a former Virginia police officer catfished a 15-year-old girl online and then traveled to her Riverside, California home, where he allegedly killed her mother and grandparents. Nobody could imagine this crime happening, especially it just being one day after Thanksgiving. Michelle Blandon, the sister and daughter of the three victims, said at a news conference Wednesday. She recalled the family debate they had on Thanksgiving about her mom's brownies. Little did I know that would be the last time my husband and I would see my parents and sister again. She said the next day when we were out buying Christmas lights for our home, I received a phone call from my parents' neighbor of 22 years. They were best friends. They looked out for each other. She called to tell us that we needed to get there as soon as we could because my parents' house was on fire. She pleaded, parents, please know your children's online activity. Ask questions about what they are doing and whom they are talking to. Anybody can say they're someone else and you could be in this situation. Catfishing led to the deaths of three of the most important people in my life, my mom, my dad, and my sister. She said through tears, tell our story to help your parenting, not out of fear, but out of example of something that did happen. Riverside police said the suspect, 28-year-old Austin Lee Edwards, met the 15-year-old Riverside girl online through catfishing, where someone pretends to be a different person than they actually are. Police believe Edwards was pretending to be a 17-year-old. Police said they believe Edwards drove from Virginia to California, parked in a neighbor's driveway on Friday, went to the teen's home, and killed her mom and grandparents. Edwards then allegedly took the teen and drove away, according to police. The girl has since been rescued and is not hurt, police said. The murders were discovered on Friday after authorities received a report of a girl who appeared distressed while getting in a car with a man, police said. As officers responded to that report, they received calls of a fire at a nearby house. Three relatives were found dead in the house from apparent homicides. 69-year-old Mark Wink, his wife, 65-year-old Sherry Wink, and their daughter's 38-year-old Brooke Wink. Authorities believe the fire was initially set after the murders, police said. The relatives were found with their hands bound behind their backs with duct tape. The police uh, chief of Riverside told ABC News the victim's cause of death has not been released, but police don't believe they were shot. It could either be suffocation or maybe some smoke inhalation, which means that the victims took in too much smoke as the fire was basically getting up there and burning the house down. But it's really too early to tell until the coroner comes out with that 
report, the chief said. So, long story less long, uh, the guy who ended up kidnapping the girl, he ends up getting into a shootout with the police officers on November 25th. The suspect dies, Austin Edwards dies, the girl gets uh, recovered, and that's basically the story here. So, I said this to you guys a couple episodes ago, like way a couple episodes ago, um, but I'm going to reiterate it again. Please look after what your kids are doing. Please look after their phones. Please look after their iPads. I understand a lot of uh, parents want to give their kids a lot of freedom. I understand that. My parents gave me and my uh, siblings freedom, but we had to be within the boundaries of their rules to make sure that we were still good to have our freedom to allow us to do what we could do. But we weren't getting into crap like this. We weren't talking to people like, online like that the only time we talked to people online was like the people that we know at the schoolhouse so that tells you where our minds were at we were still trying to talk to people from the school not really venture out to other states and all that type of stuff we didn't really get into that until like playstation what three with playstation online that's whenever we really start talking to people online not me per se but my other siblings but nevertheless um, kids, again, have technology at their fingertips, they're born with it, we're just straight up just handed to them, and we just don't give them, like, a manual. I think parents need to guide their kids while they're on the internet. Tell them, okay, you need to do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that, and your kid will stray from time to time because they want to test the boundaries, that's what kids are going to do, but they will remember the core values which you are teaching them, hey, don't do this, and if you do, Here's how you back out of this. See, that's the kind of things that parents need to teach their kids or elder siblings need to teach their younger siblings. Because again, if your parents are busy and parents are because usually try to put food on the table and they're trying to basically work and do all this type of stuff and they're running around, it's up to the elder siblings to help out the younger siblings to say, hey, yo, you don't need to be doing this online. Or the elder siblings to look at their younger siblings and say, hey, yo, stupid, don't do that. And people pick their choice of words, but stupid was always a, term that we use here but we all knew what the word stupid meant it wasn't like oh you're really mentally dumb no it was like hey that was just like another quick word for hey don't do that but again please watch out for what your kids are doing online please know who they're talking to please know what they're basically just doing because i'm not saying anything wrong here this was just another common example of what could happen wrong if you don't check on your kids uh, activities and what they're doing online. This was just a situation where a girl thought she was talking to a 17-year-old boy, and that was not the case here. She was talking to a full-blown adult who was stupid, who was not all the way there, or he might have been all the way there, but he just had some real devilish intentions, as we saw him burning down the parents' and grandparents' home and then kidnapping the teenager. That was that's not sane mentality, and if it is, if he was sane at the time, that's just basically a person that just needed to be rid off this earth. I don't know why people commit uh, abductions and all this type of stuff. I don't understand it. I don't understand this mentality. This whole story right here was wrong. And once it got to my timeline, as I saw a lot of people covering it, I had to at least say something about it. So again, uh, lesson to take away from this. Please watch over your kids' activities, especially since the holiday time. Especially since the holiday time. You don't know who your kids are talking to. You don't know who they're texting. Or if you haven't gave your kid an iPhone or even any type of technical device, uh, please, now you have that knowledge in your head, when you give this to them, give them a starter course on what type of apps to use, what type of 
place that they can go on to and set some boundaries for things that they can do and not do on that certain device on the internet so your kid will at least know what they should avoid and what they should expect. That's all I'm saying. Just give them a crash uh, course. The same way that uh, people going into colleges, they get like the lesson course. They get like uh, orientation. They get walked around the buildings and here's this and that. This is what building this house is this and this and that. Do that with them with technology once you hand it off to them, especially since they never messed with it before. But again, Watch over your kids. Please make sure they're good. Please make sure they're safe. And I want to give my condolences to this lady for losing her parents and grandparents. Uh, I am sorry for you. Now off to the next topic as this comes from TMZ. Yavalde shooting survivors filed $27 billion lawsuit against police and others claim they fell short. Survivors of the Uvalde school shooting claimed the school district, law enforcement, and first responders didn't act fast enough during the massacre, and now they're suing for $27 billion. The class action lawsuit was filed Tuesday in federal court in Austin, Texas, by parents, teachers, and students who say they were present the day of the shooting and are seeking damages for the indelible and forever lasting trauma endured from the horrific shooting. This, according to multiple reports. In the documents, the survivors say law enforcement took 77 minutes to accomplish what they were duty-bound to perfect and perform. According to the lawsuit, the survivors claimed that instead of swiftly implementing an organized and concerned response to an active school shooter who had breached the otherwise secured school buildings at Robb Elementary School, the conduct of the 376 law enforcement officials who were on hand for the torturous 77 minutes of law enforcement indecision, dysfunction, and harm fell exceedingly short of their duty-bound standards. So with that knowledge now being out here, um, I'm not saying that they're going to get $27 million. I think that the people are going to get some type of money, but $27 billion, they're not getting that. I'm just going to be blunt with it. I think that they're putting their limits to $27 billion, and I think they know they're not going to get $27 billion, so whatever they could get, probably in the millions area, they should be getting, because again, police officers failed this one. I think everybody as a collective could say, without a doubt, if you watch the video, if you watch even highlights of the video that people can just click together, you could tell that police officers had no idea what they were doing here. You might say they were following orders. I believe sometimes, you know, there's only one shooter in there and you guys have all these vests on you and all this type of stuff. Somebody might get shot in the leg or something, but you took that duty as being a police officer. That's kind of your deal. You know what you're up in there for. You might not say, oh, I never thought I was going to actually go into a situation where somebody's going to be shooting at me. Well, you're taking the job of a police officer. What's their job? Your guys are carrying a gun. You guys are going to use a gun. So you don't be surprised if somebody's going to use a gun against you as well. That's kind of part of your job. So I don't think the victims are going to get $27 billion. I don't think the teachers, parents, uh, school officials are going to get that money. I think they're going to get somewhere in the millions. Because again, I think as a whole country, I think we all could admit that the Uvalde school shooting was a disgrace. It was a complete travesty. And I, that the police officers there, they all fell extremely short of the mark here for this situation. So again, $27 billion, I don't think they're going to get. However, they will be getting a couple million dollars. But again, I still want to wish the families of the survivors and the victims peace and love. Because again, you guys are coming into December. This is December. You guys are going to be doing Christmas this year and you're doing it without your children that have lost their lives and for the 
teachers that did lose their lives, the spouses that lost their uh, spouses to this school shooting this year. You're going into Christmas without them. I mean, it's horrendous because you will always think about your spouse and your children during the Christmas time because they didn't get to see this Christmas. They won't be able to see other Christmas. You guys just had to go through Thanksgiving without them. That was probably a hard time. And Christmas being probably the biggest holiday of the year. Yeah, you guys are going to be thinking about your uh, loved ones pretty hard. So again, I want to wish, again, the people that have lost children and spouses due to this stupid uh, school shooting, uh, my love and support. And uh, yeah, there's no more I can say about that. Now on to the next topic, as this comes from People, as it reads, Senior member of King Charles' team resigns following racism allegations at Palace event. One of King Charles III's top team members at the Palace has resigned after claims of racism were made against her by a guest who attended a Buckingham Palace reception to combat violence against women on Tuesday. Domestic abuse activist Ngazi Falani says she was repeatedly asked racially loaded questions about her heritage and background by the palace aide at the reception, which was hosted by Queen Camilla. In a statement, Buckingham Palace said the member of the royal household has resigned and apologized after unacceptable and deeply regrettable comments were made. Outlining the full conversation on Twitter, Falani, who was born in Britain and attended the event on behalf of Sister Space, a support group for African and Caribbean women affected by abuse, claimed she was asked questions like, what nationality are you? Where do you really come from? Where did your people come from? And what part of Africa are you from? The aide at the center of the controversy called Lady S.H., in Falani's tweets about the incident is widely being reported and referred to on social media as Lady Susan Hussey, 83, a long-standing lady-in-waiting to the late Queen Elizabeth and godmother to Prince William, King Charles recently made her Lady of the Household. We take this incident extremely seriously and have investigated immediately to establish the full details a Buckingham Palace spokesperson said on Wednesday. In this instance, unacceptable and deeply regrettable comments have been made. The statement continued. We have reached out to Ms. Falani on this matter and are inviting her to discuss all elements of her experience in person if she wishes. In the meantime, the individual concerned would like to express her profound apologies for the hurt caused and has stepped aside from her honorary role with immediate effect. All members of the household are being reminded of the diversity and inclusive policies which they are required to uphold at all times. So, there you go. One member of the royal staff has been uh, taken off of duty because of asking somebody who came to an event what nationality, what ethnicity, where do you really come from. That is none of their business. That That's just being completely nosy. And then... Here's a point you can ask. Uh, what part of Africa are you from? You could ask that question to somebody, and if somebody says they don't know, then guess what? You got to take that for as a don't know. But you asking them mad questions. Where do you come from? What nationality you're from? Where do you really come from? Like, come on, dog. You ain't got to do that. But again, this is somebody that's 83. They're out of touch. They shouldn't even be in contact with people like that because, again, they're so not with the culture now they're not with 
the reading of the room, if you will. They can't, they don't know what's going on. And I'm going to say it like this. People back in a certain time, they only knew people that were around them for that time period. And they only were as, I'm not going to say ignorant. They were not knowledgeable the way that people are knowledgeable now because everybody has the internet now. If you can look up things, you can look up anything that you want to look up and you can find the answer to it now. Back then, they didn't. They only have books and certain people read books. Certain people did not read books. That's just what it was. And even some things in books were completely lies because guess what? People put lies in books. There's a lot of history books that came out in America that had lies about it and then they got uncovered years later and now history books that are in the schoolhouses had to be rewritten and actually put the actual truth of what happened in those books. That's the pure facts here. So an 83-year-old woman asking this type of question, I expect that, but I do not expect her to have a royal title and her to be in these situations to ask somebody that question. I expect an 83-year-old woman, a regular common woman, to ask somebody that. Fine, whatever. But a royal person with a title in an event like this, the people in charge of this should have put her off to the side and knowing who this person was and knowing how old she was, you kind of have an idea like, okay, this is probably not the right event for them. You could tell that. I don't care if they have a title or not. If somebody is too old, they're not in the right state of mind to be in certain events. Or even if they're too young, they're not in the right state of mind to be at certain events. That's just what it is. If you're in the age bracket of about 20 to, I say, uh, 60, late 60s, you're good. Because even in somebody's 60s, they're able to at least assess the room, see what's going down, at least be able to know what's going on and be knowledgeable enough to know, okay, I'm not supposed to ask that question or this and that, or to be able to walk around on eggshells to avoid upsetting somebody. People in their 70s and up, they just don't care because they're stuck in their ways. They're not changing. And that's just what it is. So for this woman to be out of position, hey, it is what it is. She, it, I would say that Buckingham Palace needs to be aware of this. They need to look at how old somebody is that's on their staff that's going to be at these events and decide like, yep, this person is not going to be here. We're going to gank that person off. This person shouldn't be here. Or uh, if we want them here, they only are allowed to speak to people of their age or somebody that's close to their age because guess what? Then people around that age bracket can at least have some type of experience or some type of common experience that they can at least uh, be bound to and actually have that type of communication with each other to at least get used to each other. And even in certain aspects, certain people that are old, that are 80-some years old, they still understand the room. So I'm going to give some 80-year-olds and even some 90-year-olds some bail. Some of them are able to assess the room and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to ask that person that. A lot of them don't do that, but some of them, they still do. They're able to assess the room. But this one, not so much. So she got taken off duty. She doesn't have a position right now. It is what it is. But also, remember, ladies and gentlemen, it was two years ago where the whole Megan and Harry whole situation, they had to leave England. And remember, they talked about how they had to leave England because somebody in the royal family asked about what their baby was going to look like. And even though that is the most idiotic question of all time, because when you look at Harry and you look at Megan, 
by God, you think that that baby's going to turn a milk chocolatey skin complexion. That's not happening like that, which I'm not saying that it couldn't. It just it's out of the ballpark. Let's just be honest here. However, you shouldn't ask nobody that question. You shouldn't ask nobody no type of question like that, but I'm not shocked by it. That's all I'm saying. When I read this story, when I read this article, it immediately brought me back to the Megan and Harry uh, situation in not 2020. It was 2021 because I was doing the pod by that time. And that's whenever I got to get at Pierce Morgan for saying something stupid. But uh, yeah. Yeah, 2021. Um, It just brought me back to that. And I said, and I thought about it. And this didn't shock me at all. So again, if you're in the palace or if you're in the UK and you have some connections to the people in Buckingham Palace or people in the royal monarchy, because a whole lot of these news people over there, somehow they got somebody in the news that are talking to the aides or talking to an assistant in Buckingham Palace. Get this back to the aides. Get this back to the people that are in charge or whoever. I want them to start looking at people that are in Buckingham Palace that have these titles, know where they come from, know how old they are, and see if they're able to spot the room and actually detect the room. See if the room's good. See if it's not good. See if the room has tension. See what type of topics you can like, stay away in the area. Stay away out of this situation. Because again, you're able to go into a room and you can feel the tension and you'll be like, okay, this is not the right room for me to be in. This ain't the right time for me to bring this up. It's human nature. You can do that. But apparently this woman did not get that memo. So that's just what happened here. But Buckingham Palace, please. I want you guys to please just take care of that situation. Now, on to my next topic. As this comes from TMZ. And this goes back to the whole Kyrie Irving, Amazon, anti-Semitic situation here. As it reads, anti-Semitic film. Not coming down, says Amazon CEO. The controversial anti-Semitic film Kyrie Irving shared on Twitter, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America is not being removed from Amazon, says company CEO Andy Jesse. As a retailer of content to hundreds of millions of customers with a lot of different viewpoints, we have to allow access to those viewpoints, even if they are objectionable objectionable and they differ from our particular viewpoints jesse says who is jewish at the new york times deal book summit in new york city jesse's comments come in the face of the retail giant facing public backlash for still carrying the book and film on his platforms which irving shared last month the reality is that we have very expansive customer reviews he continued for books with a lot of attention, especially public attention, customers do a good job monitoring other people. Jesse told the New York Times, it's a slippery slope when deciding what type of content should no longer be sold on the platform, adding instances where violence or pedophilia is being encouraged is more straightforward. Of course, Jesse's comments are going to sit well with Jonathan Greenblatt. CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, who publicly campaigned for Amazon to join Barnes & Noble in taking the book slash film down. According to Associated Press, Amazon said they will look into adding a disclaimer on the documentary's page. However, that has yet to happen. So, yeah, as you could tell, Amazon is catching a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, backlash now for still carrying 
this movie slash film. I knew about the whole situation because the whole Kyrie thing, if you're a black uh, citizen in this country, you're at least going to know about black issues. When Kyrie Irving got smacked down with uh, people just hating on him for uh, liking a tweet about this movie and film and how all people just start laying into him. And I mean, laying into Kyrie just constantly. You had uh, reporters asking him after basketball games or before basketball games in press conferences about this, about him uh, saying that he's a supporter of this book or a movie. This situation right here, Kyrie would answer this in the best way that he could. And he would say that he knows where he comes from. He's not an anti-Semite, all this type of stuff. And they were not happy about it leading up to Kyrie being suspended. And then he had to perform a list of duties just for him to get back into playing basketball again. It was so crazy how the media constantly asks different people in the black sphere, how do they feel about Kyrie Irving in his situation? Now, I want to tie in something here that I thought, which was real interesting to me, but I want you guys to hear something from LeBron James because LeBron James brought up something that I have thought about, and I think I've even said sometimes on this podcast from episodes from time to time, but I think hearing it from a big, high-power, multi-millionaire, about-billionaire athlete kind of drives the nail into the coffin for me. But I'm going to allow you guys to hear the clip, and I'm going to expand on it more after you guys hear from LeBron James here. Uh, I got one question for you guys before you guys leave. I was thinking when I was on my way over here, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. Now, for people that's unaware of what LeBron James is asking the media about, and he's talking about the Jerry Jones photo, here's some backstory about that. On September 9th, 1957, while a sophomore at Arkansas North Little Rock High, a mob of white boys blocked six black students from entering the school, and Jones was in the crowd. This was three years after the Supreme Court struck down segregated schools. Also in 1957, just across town, Little Rock 
Central High was grabbing headlines across the country as angry mobs in the state's National Guard put themselves between that school and another cohort of black students, the Little Rock Nine. And they showed basically Jerry Jones being in the back at the age of 14, being back there. And they're trying to say that Jerry Jones was probably one of those guys that was uh, trying to block off the black students from entering the school. Because again, segregation time, they just ended segregation, at least for this situation, for the black kids to now enter white public domain schools to try to integrate uh, black and white. And you knew at that time, white kids or white people, especially in certain southern areas or even just certain areas in America, just wasn't feeling it. So they had a lot of hostilities towards blacks. It's always been that way, but I digress. That was the photo that ends up emerging about last week or two weeks ago. LeBron James is out here. He's saying that he has never been asked that question about Jerry Jones. While on the opposite end of the spectrum, Kyrie Irving, who happened to send out a tweet saying or retweeting a tweet about that film, that anti-Semitic film, LeBron James would be asked questions about Kyrie. Does he support Kyrie? Does he condemn Kyrie? What should Kyrie do? Why would Kyrie do this? Blah, 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 blah. Just questions about Kyrie and that whole situation. LeBron James is the number one sports athlete, I believe, just out there right now, at least in American, like, like in the American field. He's a top guy in basketball for sure. For certainty. That's just number one right there. But I believe just for black athletes, I think he's the number one guy that the press goes to. Okay? And LeBron is trying to ask the press, why are you guys not asking me this question? Why have you guys not asked me this question yet? You guys were all down my throat, all down other black sports people's throat about the Kyrie thing, but you not asked us about that Jerry Jones photo. And he's right. I have been saying this for some time now, and I've been getting off and on from it whenever the time comes around. And this is one of those times here. I've been saying that this country and black people, we know what the deal is. Come on now. When has the media really ever gotten on certain white folks like that? They only get on white folks for certain things. Pedophilia is one. And they get on them for what? School shootings or shootings in general of mass publics. That's the only time they actually stay on those type of topics and all those type of things. And also like the riot at the Capitol. They stayed on that for weeks, months. They stayed on that and that's just what it was when it comes down to white individuals. When it comes down to black individuals, they are going to ride and beat black people to death in the media. If you have a big enough name, they're going to ride you out and just chew on you until they get every liquid juice that they can and they spit you out and they might go back for the bones just because when they got nothing else to talk about they'll go back to the bones grab about you and make sure people understand and remember who you were and what you did case in point every time and i mean this every time something happens in black this culture it might have something to do with us it just gets put out there, and it stayed on people for weeks and weeks. Kanye West said what he said about the Jewish community. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without that just constantly being out there, constantly, constantly, on every single news 
publication, ABC, CBS, CNN, Fox, NBC. Kanye West said this about the Jewish community. Boom, 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 boom. Every single day. And then you have freaking 2020 specials about the Jewish uh, plight in America, how they went through this and how they went through that. That was a thing, and it did for some time. That was a legit thing. Then it went down to Kyrie with the sports, the sports world, ESPN. You have people on ESPN talking about that constantly every day. It would be press conferences where black athletes had to answer and do they support Kyrie? Do they uh, reject Kyrie? What should Kyrie say? How should Kyrie react to this? Blah, blah, blah. It was the same exact thing. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Brett Favre, who took money away from people in need. I don't remember ABC, CBS, CNN, Fox, NBC, ESPN, all of them covering that any the way that they did with Kyrie or any the way that they did with the Boston head coach doing whatever he did, which got him suspended. They were on Mdoka for a good minute for the sports world. And that was a black man doing that with willing participants. He didn't force them. He didn't do nothing like coerce them like that that came out to the public. No, they said that these were willing participants that did this and that went Ndoka, and he gets suspended, lambasted over the fire by the sports world just constantly, day in, day out. That was a big talking point. And now, the shoe's on another foot. Jerry Jones has not been held to the fire like that. And let me say this right now. I understand it's 1957. It's an old photo. We don't know if Jerry Jones actually did something. He Did he force himself into there to try to hold him back? We have no idea. Jerry Jones says he was 14 around this time. We have no idea. And I can say, you know what? If he was racist or had some racist thoughts back then, him being an NFL owner and he has black players on there, on his team now, Listen, black athletes have been coming out and saying, yo, Jerry Jones has not been racist towards me, not a bit. He's a nice guy. He's helped me out with my business. He's helped me out become a better man. You've heard that from different NFL players, current and former, about Jerry Jones. So I'm going to say this right now. If Jerry Jones was racist then, he's not racist now, at least in the eyes of the black men that have been working or that did work for Jerry Jones. Because guess what? Certain people, yo, I don't care who you are, you can hide racism for as much as you want, but there's going to be some eeks and leaks of racism coming out in you. There's somewhere in there if you are racist. Certain people are going to hide that mask so well, but trust me, there's going to be leaks of it. And there's a whole lot of people that just say that, yo, Jerry Jones has been nice. He's been helpful to me. He's helped me become a man. He's helped me out with my business. And this is all come from black football players and people that worked within that organization. So. I'm going to say Jerry Jones, if he was racist at one point, he has completely changed. He's turned himself into a different man. He's an older man. I mean, my man's old. He owns the Dallas Cowboys. Come on now. He's old, old. So, I'm not going to bash Jerry Jones. I'm bashing the media for not getting at questions for Jerry Jones. Ask him what was he doing there. And I mean, beat him down the way that they did Kyrie Irving. That is a situation. A photo and a retweet are the same things because it's a both a got you moment. 
is a gotcha whenever you retweet something and somebody screenshot it and say, yeah, yo, you retweeted that. Why did you retweet that? Or somebody sees your photo. Hold on, hold on. You did blackface back in the day. Why did you do blackface? Didn't you know that was this and that? Blah, 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 blah. That type of questions get asked when people do blackface. That has happened. Now, I have not seen people constantly ask Jerry Jones, yo, what the deal is with that? Like I said, he's came out. I know I saw one interview. One person asked him. He said this and that. But even whenever one person asks, guess what? A lot of people are going to ask that exact same question constantly. And guess what? I haven't seen that from a lot of people. I haven't seen it. You could ask Kyrie that question. Kyrie gave you mad answers to that. But guess what? People still jumped on that wagon more and more. It's just a different thing when it comes to blacks and whites in this country. And I want black people to understand this. And I want white people to understand this too. We are all held at a different thing. We're all held at different levels of responsibility, different levels of accountability, different levels of just everything when it comes down to this country with black and white. And I don't mean this to turn this to a bashing of white people or bashing of just people not asking the questions. I just want people to understand this is what's going on and help change what's going down in the media landscape. Because it was not fair that all these black athletes had to come out and answer about Kyrie Irving. Yo, dog, that's Kyrie. Yo, get with Kyrie and deal with that. Don't ask me about this. Don't ask me that. That's Kyrie's business. That's this and that, blah, blah, blah. Don't ask me that. You asked every black athlete out here what was up with Kyrie. They all had to answer something to that. Now, it's time for all the freaking NFL coaches. It's time for all the NFL owners to answer that. It's time for Jerry Jones and everybody else just within that. It's time for Roger Goodell to answer that too. It's time for all these people that's in these positions to answer for Jerry Jones' situation. Even though it was mad years ago, give him that type of treatment. Give him that fifth degree that you gave to all these other black athletes with Kyrie. You got to do that now to these owners. You got to do it. Because if not, again, it's unfair. And again, I know what it is in this country. I'm not stupid. I'm not crazy. I think every black individual in this country knows what time it is when it comes down to this country with us and the media. We know what time it is. But just for a big, high power money man like LeBron, who could literally shut down the NBA if he says, yo, I don't want to play basketball today. And the NBA would be like, yo, what? That holds a lot of merit and a lot of weight whenever he says something like that. That has ESPN talking about it the next day. That has all these other uh, sports-related like shows talking about this, and it has been talking. They have been talking about it. First Take talked about it. Uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip on Undisputed talked about it. A whole lot of other sports like analysts had to speak about this, and they all agree that yo, this LeBron's right. They haven't been given Jerry Jones or all these other people the freaking third degree the way that they give all the black athletes the third degree so again media please do better do better this is an instance that you can do better in if you don't go after jerry jones the next time there's some black athlete does something that you guys deem unacceptable go after that black athlete and that's it don't go after every other black athlete to make them either defend or straight up refute that black athlete because guess what it's not their business it's not their priority to do that they are only focused with themselves that's what i'm telling you guys to do go after one person don't go after a whole people 
Just go after one. That's all I'm trying to say here with that. All right. Now, speaking of another situation that needs to be talked about, on to Balenciaga. Balenciaga is suing the production company behind the spring 2023 campaign after paperwork about a Supreme Court ruling on child pornography was identified in one of the images that had children holding up a BDSM style like teddy bear. Balenciaga is suing the production company for $25 million over that situation. Well, suing them for damages. From the production company North Six Incorporated set designer Nicholas Des Jordans and his company. Balenciaga hired North Six and Des Jordans to develop and produce a spring 2023 campaign according to the court summons as it's come from CNN. It said the campaign, which featured actor Nicole Kidman and model Bella Hadid, among others, was meant to replicate a corporate environment with shot stage in a Manhattan office space on a messy desk featured in one image. However, the clutter visually included a page from the 2008 Supreme Court ruling in United States v. Williams, a case which confirms as illegal and not protected by freedom of speech the promotion of child pornography according to a statement that Balenciaga provided to CNN Monday. The court documents claims Balenciaga, which is owned by French luxury group Keurig, had no knowledge of and did not authorize the inclusion of this particular piece of paperwork. In a statement to CNN, Balenciaga said all the items included in this shooting were provided by third parties that confirmed in writing that these props were fake office documents. They turned out to be real legal papers, most likely coming from the filming of a television drama. Balenciaga said in the summons it believes the defendant's acts and omissions were malevolent or at the very least extraordinarily reckless. The court filings allege that as a result of the defendant's actions, members of the public, including the news media, have falsely and horrifically associated Balenciaga with the repulsive and deeply disturbing subject of the court decision. North Six in Dos Jordans, its states, should be held liable for all harm resulting from this false accusation. Now, the attorney for Nicholas Des Jordans and his company, Nicholas Des Jordans LLC, said in a statement that was emailed to CNN that there certainly was no malevolent scheme going on. As Balenciaga is aware, numerous boxes of documents simply were sourced from a prop house as rental items. Moreover, representatives from Balenciaga were present at the shoot, overseeing it and handling papers and props. The attorney statement continued and does Jordan's as a set designer was not responsible for image selection from the shoot. A representative for North Six said the production company did not have creative input or control over the shoot. North Six was not on set during the final set arrangements. It doesn't matter if y'all were on set, not on set. I'm just going to put all the blame on Balenciaga. Let me just call a spade a spade here. Because this is your guys' situation. You guys have to put this stuff out. I'm pretty sure you guys should have saw those photos and at least literally investigate everything. Now, if somebody, let me put it like this in layman's term for you. If a kid, right, happens to write up a paper and he writes it up completely to the best of his abilities and he has somebody overlooking that paper and he gives it all to somebody so they can look over it and they say your paper's fine and all that right your paper gets put out 
to the world. Not the world, to your teacher, because you're a student, this is their, gotta turn a paper in. You turn your paper into the teacher, your teacher finds some grammar marks that's wrong, and they start marking your paper up, and you get the paper back, you thinking that you excellent, you're at least making an A, you get your paper back, you got a C. You are highly pissed. You're trying to figure out what the deal is, what happened, how did I get a C on A paper? I know there's nothing wrong. I looked at it. I saw nothing was wrong with it. I brought it to my somebody so they can look over it. They saw nothing was wrong with it. So how? And then you start looking at all the errors and now you're like questioning everything. That's basically what happened here, but just basically vice versa, just opposite. You have somebody pay to do your paper for you. You ended up getting it back. You looked over, you thought it was good, and you brought it to the teacher, and then, nah, something's wrong with it all the way. So, Balenciaga, your name's all over this, dog. You could pay somebody to be the third, fourth, fifth, whatever the case may be, but you, as the final, you, as the big boss, you, as the person at the top, with your name being plastered on this piece of paper, you have to be sure that this is what you want to put out to the world. This is what you want out there for people to associate your brand with. This is what you want. You have to look over these type of things. So when you don't look over those type of things, as in you're trying to say for this instant right here, this is what happens. People will start calling you out. People will start saying that, yo, we need to cancel Balenciaga. People need to stop wearing Balenciaga clothes and all this type of stuff because they're supporting child pedophilia, they're supporting child pornography, all this type of stuff. And then you try to figure out what are people talking about, and then you see on the internet that people are talking about this and that, and somebody in the brass is saying, what in God's name happened? This is all on you guys. Because somebody dropped the ball in Balenciaga. Now, let's just play devil's advocate here. Balenciaga said that they didn't have a representative here. Again, it doesn't matter. You guys are at the top boss. You guys have to do this and do that. You guys have to look over those paperwork and everything else and look over the photos. But let's just go with you guys didn't have nobody there. You mean to tell me a BDSM bear that a child was holding doesn't send red alert to you? Those bears in leather style, like, crap on it, that is not appropriate, son, for children to be holding. What are you doing? If you had a sexy style, like, adult holding that bear and you sold it as sex, that's fine. Because you know what? Sex sells in the clothing industry. Sex sells and just as an adult. That's just what it is. Cool, fine, whatever. You gave that bear to a child. I don't care at all if you were not on the set. You guys knowing and seeing those photos should have been like, eh, we can't do that. We're not throwing that out there. We're not putting no, no, x nay on the bear. Children holding it. We got to kill that now. But you guys still put that out there. Now, let's go with the idea that Balenciaga had somebody on the set. You mean to tell me you can't find out who was on that set? You guys mean to tell me you guys haven't grilled to see who was on that set and figure out what happened on that set from that particular person. Somebody was in charge of this, period. And I'm going to say it was Balenciaga, point blank. Me, I'm going to say so. Because there's no way I'm not going to have somebody from my team being at a spot if I can't be there. That's just called plain negligence. 
and Balenciaga, again, for you being the company that fits the bill, that's paying all these people and all this type of stuff, you are still held responsible for it all. That's just what it is. That's the truth. And right now, you're feeling the effects of it because now you have celebrities, you have people out here saying that they'll never wear you again and all this type of stuff because of basically this, because they think you ride with child pornography, child pedophilia. That's just what it is, dog. You guys should look into the future, and hopefully next time when you guys do another freaking thing, because it will all blow back. Right now, you guys are catching heat. People are saying they're not going to ride with you. You guys are going to have to do a whole lot of like charity work, because again, as I said before, there's certain things that the whites get called out for, and that everybody get called out for, but especially the whites a lot, is because of uh, child pedophilia and mass school shootings and all this type of stuff, and you guys happen to hit one of the two. You guys hit the child uh, pedophilia, child pornography, just anything to do with children, people don't rock with, and you guys hit it right on the nail on the head. You guys did that with this. So right now, you guys are being excommunicado for right now, or as I should say, you guys are in the corner. You guys are in timeout until people are saying that, you know what, we're going to wear your stuff. You guys can come back out. When is that going to happen? I don't know. It could probably be next month. It could probably be two months from now. It don't know. People are so... I'm not going to say fickle because that sounds wrong. People are so interchangeable with their thoughts. Because at one point, they might be mad at you. Two weeks from now, they're not mad at you because they're mad at something else bigger. And then you could try to sneak back into the game with this and that. Who knows? But I know Balenciaga, you guys are taking a couple hits right now. And that's just what it is. You guys got to sit out and just wait this out. Speaking of, Kim Kardashian, she says she's uh, kind of cutting ties with you guys, I believe. She's not going to be, like, rocking in uh, your stuff. She had to, like, throw away her uh, clothing for you guys. You guys sent her some stuff. She threw it out because she doesn't want to uh, be with you at the moment. So, again, that's just what it is. I'm not sure if she cut ties with you all the way. That hasn't been, like, a public statement like, Kim Kardashian cut ties with Balenciaga. It hasn't been that type of situation, but... Only time will tell. And speaking of Kim, Kim and Kanye, they have finally uh, settled on their divorce settlement and all this type of stuff, as it's come from Yahoo News. Kim and Kanye West finally settled on this poor divorce. Uh, Kanye is to pay $200,000 a month in child support. According to People and TMZ, both stars will get equal access to their four children. Neither party will get spousal support. However, Ye will must pay $200,000 a month to his ex-wife and child support. He will also be responsible for half of the children's educational and security expenses. So that's it. He came out a winner in this, if I'm going to be honest. He came out better than a lot of people would think he would come out. $200,000, especially for California and the way that these high rich people live. He only got to pay that in child support and he has four kids with him. That was low, if we're really going to be honest. But congratulations for him. And I say low on the rich scale for what Kanye and all these athletes and all them people type do. For regular people, $200,000, that is a lot of money. But for them, they blow that because they got security, they got houses to pay, all these type of uh, expensive private schools or even tutors that come to their house so they can teach their kids and nannies and all that type of stuff. $200,000, I believe, in my personal opinion, when you add all that stuff up, especially in their location, it all adds up and they blow through that pretty quickly. But for only him to be paying that a month in child support, and then he only got to pay like half of the children's educational security expenses, 
Kanye made out nice in this, so I'm glad him and Kim were able to sit down in this, but the real big thing that has to come out of this is that both of them are actually able to spend time with their children, and hopefully they're actually able to be uh, nice to each other so they can be around their kids, be around the kids' extracurricular activities that they're involved with, and that the children can at least see mom and dad and actually see them be like, okay, I can spend time with dad, I can spend time with mom, both of them can spend time with each other and actually be here for me and all this type of stuff, so that's just what it's about at the end, the children, and I'm glad that Kim and Kanye were actually able to take care of this, and it's just so obviously crazy how TMZ and people and publications are always able to get the divorce uh, stuff out, whatever comes out of it, how much somebody has to pay for this month and that month without court filings ever coming out of, this person has to pay child support, this person has to pay this net. That's the only time I can see where the news outlets would get it, but these two aren't having that type of situation. They just got their divorce stuff situated, and they just got their requirements done. It's always crazy how the media will always get the details about, hey, yo, this type of thing happened here. This type of mess happened here. This is what's going down here and there. But again, it's just weird. It's just weird to me. But, hey, man, TMZ, they have paid people everywhere. So they're like the feds. They literally got their ears locked down on everything going down here in the world. So I'm never, ever going to be shocked whenever they find something else out, ever. Now, this just came to me. I forgot about mentioning this when I talked about Kanye here. Um, Kanye, my man, my dog, I don't know who you have around you. I don't know what black person you have around you. I don't know what person that you have around you that actually loves you. But stop. Stop. You're making it hard for people that actually want to see you do good. You're making it hard for people like us to just say, Kanye is our guy still. You're making it extremely hard because what people, let me backtrack this here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Kanye West, formerly known as, well, formerly known as Kanye West, now known as Ye. And I'm talking about him appearing on Alex Jones' Infowars. Now, I didn't get to see the whole interview. I saw the internet basically killing Kanye West, and I did not know what they were killing him for. I did not know nothing until I started digging in and I said, oh, yeah, I can't. I don't think nobody can really help Kanye here. And what I'm talking about here is Alex Jones and Kanye had an interview on Alex Jones' platform, InfoWars. And Kanye was, from the sound bites and from the freaking highlight clips, from what I'm seeing from everything is that Kanye West was saying that, yo, we need to quit hating on the Nazis. Hitler did some great thing. The Nazis did some great things. And that... <sighs> I understand the message. Kanye West keeps on saying Jesus is king and all this type of stuff for Christianity. I understand what he means by that. As Christians, you're supposed to give everybody a second chance. Everybody that might have did wrong in their past, they can still do right before they end up dying. We have to give somebody a second chance. And he even said that we need to give Hitler a second chance, the Nazis a second chance, all that type of crap. I could not agree far less. I could not. No. Nah, my guy, nah. The Nazis, and just like slave owners, they did hair, I mean, just ungodly things. What are we talking about here? Khan, no. 
stop it. Somebody needs to sit you down. And I mean, somebody that actually loves you, not somebody that's constantly going to try to parade you like a freaking show pony or a freaking just prize winning dog that everybody's just going to constantly land based and basically talk trash about. No, somebody within your core circle needs to legitimately talk to you. Somebody from your past that you still have with you today, if you do still have somebody with you from your past, that knowing you from the kid in Chicago that got into the car wreck, that lost his mom, that went into the whole everything, the man that went from a broke kid to turn into the millionaire, the billionaire, the back to millionaire, quote unquote from Forbes here. Somebody that's been with you throughout this whole ride, and you might have a small few of them still there with you. Those small need to tell you, Ayo, what are you doing? Sit down. Sit down, bruv. This is dumb. You are on a complete collision course down a bad rabbit hole. You need to sit down. You don't need to be doing this. Somebody needs to help you get on your meds. If you're on meds, that's great. If you're not, you need to get some. Because again, you do have some problems. It's not, it's not debatable here. It really isn't. I'm a person that wants to see you do good. Kanye West, the man do good. Because there's only a few, and I mean this wholeheartedly, only a few black men in America that holds as much power as Kanye West does, who's able to make the news as he does, that can actually change the world the way that Kanye actually wants to change the world when he's in his right frame of mind. Kanye wants to bring everybody together. That is literally what he said on Drink Champs a couple pod, not pod, interviews ago, like the last one before he got into this real controversial one with Nori. He actually said, I want to bring everybody together. I'm a person that actually could be in multiple rooms and I could bring the person from Balenciaga, the person from Gap, the person from this and that and actually bring them together. Kanye wants to bring everybody together and I understand that that's his big overarching point. However, but by saying that, yo, the Nazis did some good things. We're not going to allow the Jewish media to constantly say this and all that about the Nazis. I actually like Hitler. Yo, dog, no, that completely kills your message right there. Mentioning Nazis, Hitler, that kills your message off top. That's like if a white person said, we got to quit talking about slavery. You know, slavery actually did some good things for America. Yo, yo, yo. that kills your message right off top. If you start talking about how slavery and all that type of stuff did good for America, if you're trying to bring everybody together the way that your mindset is trying to bring people together, Khan, sit down. And for the people that's around him that actually love him and you're just allowing him to do this, Yo, you need to check yourself and actually, what are y'all doing? Because y'all don't really love him like that. You see somebody spiraling that you love, that's going out of control. You at least try to pull them out of that wormhole, pull them out of that spot that they're in. And you actually try to get them back on the right steady path that you see that they're trying to get, but they're constantly going through pitfalls to get to that hole and to get to their destination. You pull them out. They say, now we got to pivot. We got to do something else different. This ain't the right way to go about it for the mission that you're trying to create and the stuff that you're trying to achieve. Please, somebody, please help Ye. Please. I guarantee you, if his mother was here, this would not be happening. Because again, Kanye loved his mom so much. And again, I'm speaking from a mother's boy perspective because I am a mother's boy. If I lose my mom today, I don't know what I'll be doing personally. So I know that's exactly what happened to Khan. If his mom was here, this wouldn't be happening. I think Kanye West needs a black mother to sit down and talk to him, literally. Not any other mother, a black mother. Then he needs to sit down and talk with him and say, yo, what are you doing? You're not doing right. You need to sit down. You need to really check yourself. You really need to get yourself some actual help and all this type of things. 
People might say, Gerald, you're off the deep end. Kanye ain't that bad. No, dog. Just go to YouTube, type in Kanye West, Alex Jones, InfoWars, and you'll get highlights of what it was, or what the whole conversation was about. You'll get some snippets. It wasn't great. It wasn't good. And you'll hear it, and you'll be like, okay, Kanye is truly bugging here. But, again, I want to see Kanye do well. Every black person does, even though Kanye has said some of the most asinine things from time to time, especially lately. Through interviews, he still wants to bring people together. That's his overarching point. But, again, he can do that, but he needs to avoid some of the pitfalls, as in bringing up Hitler, bringing up the Nazis. That's all I'm trying to say here. That's it. Con, that's my criticism to you. Again, if this happens to get back to you, that's great. Because, again, I actually do care about you, bro. Even though I've never met you before a day in my life, I can see someone and I can see exactly what they're trying to achieve. And I know that you have good intentions. I know that you do. But, man, you're just not nailing them. And I know you want to nail them. But, God, you're just not nailing them, bro. Somebody in your core circle needs to pull you out of that wormhole that you're in. Now, before I get you guys out of here, I want to give you guys a quick update on something that I mentioned a couple episodes ago, too, about Ticketmaster and the Taylor Swift whole concert stuff, as this comes from TMZ. Uh, they have found out that Taylor Swift fans are looking to sue Ticketmaster over not being able to get Taylor Swift tickets whenever the original pre-sale actually happened. As reported by TMZ, the only people more pissed than Taylor Swift at Ticketmaster are her fans, a couple dozen of whom are now suing because they got shut out of the chaotic pre-sale of her era's tour. The fans, who are from all over the country, want Ticketmaster to pay dearly for in their estimation, allowing bots and scalpers to royally screw up the November 15th pre-sale event. As we reported, millions of fans have waited hours in a digital lineup in hopes of scoring seats, but the vast majority of them never even got a sniff of a single ticket, according to the documents obtained by TMZ. Again, I told you, TMZ somehow always get documents. Ticketmaster was supposed to send verified Taylor Swift fans a code on November 14th, which allowed them access to the pre-sale event. But the angry fans says thousands of them either did not get a code or were sent malfunctioning codes, mentioning the codes did not work. In the suit, they accuse Ticketmaster of intentionally deception because the company controls the primary ticket sale market as well as the secondary market, a.k.a. scalpers. The fans allege Ticketmaster was eager to allow scalpers access to the pre-sale. Ticketmaster would collect additional fees every time a scalper resold a ticket. Translation, Ticketmaster's double-dipping with scalpers, while tailored true fans get left nothing. Even if you don't buy Ticketmaster... Initially, cozies up to scalpers and bots. The fans say, at the very least, the company was ill-prepared for the floor of Swifties who would try to get tickets to Taylor's first tour since the COVID pandemic. As we told you, Taylor herself called out Ticketmaster for this issue, saying the company had reassured her and her team that they could handle the volume of fans. The fans are alleging fraud, price fixing, and antitrust violations, as they claim Ticketmaster is the only game in town when it comes to a large concert venues that can accommodate artists as big as Taylor. They're suing in LA County, where Ticketmaster's parent company, Live Nation, has its HQ to get back the ill-gotten gains the Ticketmaster amassed during the pre-sale disaster. So the big question that now looms is, how many people are actually suing Ticketmaster? How many people in this Taylor Swift uh, fandom is actually going to sue Ticketmaster in LA? I don't know. They said a couple dozen, so that's probably like, what, 20, 30, maybe? 
But again, that's not a lot. But hopefully that would be a starting point for people to at least start trying to sue Ticketmaster in their certain states and all that type of stuff. So they at least can try to at least get some tickets. Because that's all the fans want. They actually just want to see tickets. Well, get tickets so they can see Taylor Swift and, and just enjoy their time. Ticketmaster, you guys screwed up. You guys did something immoral. Because again, you're robbing actual true fans for from seeing Taylor Swift. And again, I might not be the most musical head, but I do always see as right is right and fair is fair. And this was wrong as anything and you guys owe these people um tickets so i hope that you guys just give them tickets and good seated tickets not like balcony nosebleed tickets to taylor swift actually like good tickets so they actually can enjoy their experience at taylor swift's concert if not you guys are terrible that's all i gotta say about that now with that being said oh yeah by the way uh congratulations to tj holmes and ab robach from gma the gma hosts uh, they are apparently together. This whole thing got exposed this week by the Daily Mail. There was uh, photos of them uh, running around, their training and all this type of stuff. But anyway, congratulations to them. You know, with TV personalities, especially with a big high uh, company like ABC, they don't like to have scandals out there. I thought somebody was going to get punished. And again, black men in America, I always go off to the black dude probably going to get punished for this. But no. ABC uh, executives or ABC, like people that work in ABC have spoke with uh, people in the media and they said that they will not be punishing them. They're just going to just act like everything is just normal. So again, congratulations to TJ and Amy. Now, with that all being said, I want you guys to have a great Sunday. I hope you guys are going to rest yourself. And for my college, uh, fellow college students out there, please, please rest yourself. Please try to get some measure of quiet and some measure of peace because we're going into finals week this week is finals weeks for a lot of us and this is the last finals that we have to do until certain people have to walk across the stage for graduation i know for me this is my last finals and the next week i'll be walking across the stage so hopefully everything will be well with me and i'll be well and same thing with all the other uh college uh, students as well so with that, I love you all. I thank you. I want to say thank you to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, all these other podcast stations, because without them, I wouldn't be able to publish and throw this podcast out there. And also to you the listeners that have downloaded this every single week and just listen to a guy just rant and rave about stuff in the news and also present you guys with stuff in the news that you guys are probably not aware of. So again, I'd like to say thank you. And always remember. I love you. I love you. I love you. I thank you all. Please have a good Sunday. Please don't be a dick. Please be courteous to everybody around you. Please be courteous to everybody that's going to be on the road with you this upcoming week as well. So, and also, please, if you feel suicidal, please call the suicide hotline. I have that in the episode description. Please give that number a call because you don't know who you're affecting when you decide to commit suicide. So, please call that number. Now, with that all being said, I love you. Thank you. This has been My Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. I love you. And this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And with that being said, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. <laughs>